to Make Share Grow, a podcast about art making and the creative process. I'm Julie Marriott, painter, mother, and lover of bold and joyful color. Come on into my studio. I hope what I share here about my art practice will inspire you in your own creative journey. Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast this week. This is week seven that I have been documenting my journey of creating a painting collection. And this has been a bit of a different week. This week, I did not paint quite as much as I normally would have because I began another project that is pretty exciting that is in support of the collection. I began filming my collection video. So this is the third collection video that I have made. And I started last year and made two for the two major collections that I released in 2020. And the whole reasoning behind wanting to make a video, it's sort of like a trailer for the collection. It's to kind of um, share more of an in-depth, behind-the-scenes look of the creation process and what really goes into the creation of a painting. And I decided to make videos when I thought that it would be really helpful in kind of letting people who may not be creative at all, may not be artists at all, but they love artwork, they want to own a painting, but it helps bring them into my studio and give them an idea for the process that I go through in making a painting. And then it also just helps communicate how much time and care and all types of layers go into the painting process. Because I think those people who aren't creatives, they have really no idea what all goes into making a painting. They just are used to seeing the finished process or the finished product. And so being able to be brought into the process helps them kind of see and understand and maybe appreciate the paintings even more. And so that is kind of my reasoning behind making a collection video. It is a lot of work, but it is a lot of fun. So it's interesting. I have a kind of a cinematic mind, I guess. When I made my first collection video, I didn't realize that I would like it so much. And what I what I do, I thought I would kind of walk you through my process for making the video. So what I do is first I have to get into the collection. So it's kind of similar, similar to naming the collection. I have to get a feel for the series of work and kind of what vibe they're they're bringing to me, what sort of feelings I have around the work. And then I'll start searching for a piece of music that I can purchase from a royalty-free music site. Um, And I'll search for something that I feel like communicates that, that emotion or that vibe that the collection is kind of starting to show me. And it's usually a at least a week long process, if not longer for me to just listen like every day through tons and tons of music tracks. And then once I come across something that is like, oh yeah, that's it. I'll purchase it. And then what really happens is that the music 
kind of leads me and evokes images in my mind of what I should film to go with that music. So it's kind of the circular thing where the collection the collection decides the type of music, but then the music kind of tells me what I need to film to go with the music. And so I I couldn't just film an entire video and then just, you know, slap some music on top of it. I kind of have to create them together, create the images and the the video segments in response to what like the pace of the music is and the emotion of the music. So it's really fun and it's a very creative process, of course, that I love. And um, what I do usually is kind of have a week where I do a lot of intensive filming and I'll only paint kind of in order to get certain shots and I'll just use whatever paintings are on the go at the moment. And then I'll often film a time lapse of one painting and then I'll, uh, you know, film panning shots that pan over the surface of paintings that are already finished. And then I'll take real time kind of, um, video segments or video clips of me painting on whatever paintings that I have on the go at that time and kind of have those be not time-lapse, but just short clips of me like painting, um, at the actual pace that I paint in. And so it, that has been my big creative project for the week. And I feel like I'm really close to being done. Uh, I'll probably wait to completely finish it till closer to the end of the collection in case I have a piece that I finish later on that I think would be really cool to include. And I often like to kind of show a bunch of the paintings all sitting together in the video to kind of give a sense of, oh yeah, these aren't just like one-off pieces. You can kind of get a feeling for the whole personality of the collection together from the video. So I probably won't finish the video for another week or two until I have almost all of the pieces of the collection done, but I've made a lot of progress on it and I'm really happy with how it's turning out. I thought it would be interesting to share a little bit about what technology I use to make the actual video and then also how I'm planning on sharing it. So I I film in a mixture of my iPhone and on my DSLR. And essentially I use my iPhone for almost everything now, but I use my DSLR on a tripod for when I'm doing a time-lapse or something that I want to have the camera really steady, but mostly for moving shots, I will just use my iPhone and hold it in my hand and kind of move it um, along as I'm painting or for whatever sort of panning shots I want to get. Um, But if you see me like standing away from the camera and it's not just my hand in it, it's going to be on a bigger camera on a tripod. And then I bring everything into iMovie and iMovie is pretty darn intuitive. Um, I'm not a crazy tech savvy person by any means. And so um, iMovie is just great. It allows me to put in the music and then add in transitions in between my clips and kind of edit the clips for color and for camera shakiness (laughs) because you can't hold a camera steady when you're holding a phone in your hand. So I add some steadiness to my videos where it like evens out all of that. 
And so that is fantastic. It works great for me. And then I'm, I just export it afterwards and have a video that I use on Instagram, on my website, and then in an email. So I share the video through IGTV video because it is a longer format video. And so I can share that to my Instagram I guess you would call it like your homepage or your feed or whatever you want to call it. Um, so it allows you to share like the first minute of it and then it'll direct people to click over. And then I also share it in my Instagram stories and um, I'll usually do that on two different days. So it's a little bit spread out for people who might see one but not the other so that it'll give um, my audience had more chances to be able to see it. I also put it on the homepage of my website while I'm promoting the collection. And that makes something really beautiful and horizontal to kind of fill up your screen, especially if you're on a desktop, something that's more kind of multimedia feeling and engaging. And then I will share it in an email. And what I do is I upload the video to YouTube and then just make sort of a, a image into a button in the body of my email that will bring um, somebody who clicks on the image over to watch it on YouTube. So those are the different ways that I love using the video and different ways that I try to spread it around the world and make sure all the people who are in various um, segments of my audience get to see it. Now I thought I would go ahead and answer a few more of the questions that I received on Instagram a couple weeks ago when I asked for any sort of questions regarding painting collections or my painting process. So here we go. Okay, so the first question is, what kind of paint do you use and will it be great for beginners? So the answer about what kind of paints I use, the majority of my paints are either Liquitex Professional Acrylics or Golden Brand Acrylics. And there is a third or a third and a fourth brand that I use a few colors from and I'll kind of explain, but I would highly, highly recommend Liquitex Professional and Golden. Those are kind of the top of the line with acrylic brands, at least here in the U.S., and they are expensive. They are pricey, Golden most of all, but there's a reason that they're a little bit more expensive than lesser quality acrylics, and that's because they have such high pigmentation. Their colors are so vibrant. They are not stuff full of any sort of fillers or anything like that to kind of extend the pigment further. They have such high pigmentation that they um, just really like glow and radiate on your canvas. They are amazing. And you will know after using them why they're worth so much. But I know that not all of us can purchase our, all of our favorite colors in the most expensive brands. And I really didn't start out using Golden or Liquitex Professional at all. I started out using uh, uh, the other two brands that I'll tell you about. And then I slowly phased out certain colors and that in those brands and kind of brought in those same colors from the higher quality brands slowly so that I kind of slowly built towards 
mostly using Golden and um, and Liquitex Professional. But the other two brands that I still use some colors from, and they do just fine for most things, especially painting the base layers of my paintings. Um, or colors that I use so much of or don't really care whether the colors are extra vibrant, then I'll use these slightly less expensive brands. So one of them is Windsor & Newton's Galleria Acrylics, and it's a student-grade paint. It's a little bit on the less expensive side, and I buy my white from them in big bottles. I use a ton of white, and almost like white is white to me. It doesn't need to be an expensive white for it to do its job just fine. And so I buy big bottles, like 500 milliliter bottles from um, Windsor and Newton. And then I also buy some paints from Nova Color. And they're just a small company. I believe they're here in California. And I was introduced to them from uh, by my professors in college. We bought big tubs of their paint, and they are great if you want to buy bulk colors. So you can buy like gallons from them. And the consistency of their paints are definitely, I would call them soft body. They're not heavy body. They're not quite as runny as fluid acrylics, but they're kind of in between like a soft body acrylic. And I, since I was painting for this collection, Um, all of my canvases, basically kind of the same, either navy blue or dark, like teal green kind of color. I bought bulk, some of my favorite blues and a magenta that I mix in from them so that I could just do all of my underpainting in this less expensive brand instead of like squeezing out my tiny, beautiful tubes of paint to just cover an entire canvas that will eventually mostly get painted over anyway. So I love Nova Color for that. And they have great pigmentation too. So those are my suggestions um, and kind of the reasons that I use them. But my main advice for beginners is start with at least medium quality brands, maybe experiment with one or two colors that you're interested in from the more expensive brands. But I found that the Windsor and Newton Galleria line has been really good for many years for me, and it has reasonable pigmentation and it has better body and opacity than a lot of cheaper sort of versions. And so, yeah, I would really recommend those and then slowly kind of phasing them out as you feel able and buying some of the Liquitex Professional and the Golden brand. Another question that I got was, how do you decide on canvas sizes and do they vary? How many would make a collection? I have a podcast episode all about creating in collections that I would point you back to. I shared a lot about my thought process in creating collections that I'll kind of summarize here. It is episode 23 if you're interested in going back and listening. But really what I think about when I'm creating a collection is having more than five paintings, basically. I feel like in order to have like a little family of paintings that all seem like they're related to each other and they're kind of working out an idea, you need more than three or four. So I think five, I would consider kind of the minimum amount 
and it looks like a good size grouping when you put them all together. It looks like you spent some time kind of um, working and, and making a group of paintings about a certain subject matter or color palette or something like that. And then about canvas sizes, I... I think this varies from artist to artist a lot. So for me personally, I have done collections that are very varied, (laughs) that have included 30 by 40 canvases, and then all the way down to like, I think they were six by six. So I have done collections that are very diverse in canvas sizes, and I've kind of settled on a happy medium where I like there to be a little bit of variation. And so I'll usually have a larger and a smaller size, but then I'll kind of keep it for my last, well, I guess this is only my second collection doing that. (laughs) My second collection, um, having kind of two size choices, a kind of a large and a medium or a medium and an extra large, I suppose, for this collection. And I guess it's just because I get a little bit bored painting the same size for an entire collection, but then I also really like settling in to a format for a while. And so that's why I'm loving these 24 by 30s because I feel like they're big enough for me to really settle in and explore like, what can I do in this? How can my brain like have these same parameters and work it out different ways? But then I also love the challenge of having something a little bit different as as a sort of a counterpoint. And it also gives two price points to my collectors too for different budgets. It just is practical too to have two different price points. So that's kind of how I think about sizes in a collection. Last year, I did a collection that was all one size as well, and I, and they were all 24 by 30s, and I feel like I've done that in years past with smaller paintings too. I've done like a whole series of five by sevens or something like that. Um, so I don't think there's really a right or wrong answer, so that's kind of how I think about it. Okay, and the last question that I'm going to answer today is, do you ever decide to keep a painting for yourself? And I'm laughing because, no, I've never actually decided to keep a painting for myself. I um, I think this is funny because this, I think, is common for artists who sell their work pretty well because you know that it can just be available in your shop and it can hang on your walls until someone buys it and then it's gone and then you get to hang something new. <laughs> and so um, I have been thinking about this recently though, that I would love to paint a painting specifically to keep for myself and just from the very start know that this is a painting that's going to stay with me and it's off the table. It's never going to be for sale. This is just for me. Um, cause I think it's hard for me to paint a whole collection of paintings with the mindset that I'm, they're going to be a collection and the whole collection is going to be for sale. And then at the last minute kind of decide that I'm going to keep one somehow that feels kind of funny to me. And so I probably have to set out and just make a painting for myself. Okay. And now I'm going to share something that I have loved this week. So this week, 
I have been listening to an audiobook. It is the Audible exclusive version of Dracula. And this may sound very funny that I'm listening to sort of this sort of semi-morbid tale while I'm painting beautiful and colorful and uplifting flowers, but it's true. <laughs> I love this book. I have over the years listened to it probably at least twice before, maybe three other times, at least in sections. Maybe I didn't make it all the way to the end every time, but this version is so good. And the book is in is narrated by various really talented actors. One of them is Alan Cumming. And the book is lends itself so well to being read by multiple people because it's written in like letter format. So it's people's journals or their letters. So it's a bunch of different narrators throughout the story. But I really have been enjoying listening to it because I listen, I like listening usually to audio like podcasts or audiobooks while I'm painting. And I've listened to tons and tons and tons of podcasts. Um, But it feels nice to listen to something longer format that I can just kind of get into the rhythm of and pick up and kind of just pick up and set down whenever and not always be searching for something new to listen to. So I have been loving that. And I think I'm not a huge horror fan by any means, not at all. But this book is so well written and it's so engaging with the, the different readers and how great actors they are. That is something that I have loved this week. Okay, friends, that is it for this week. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you haven't already left a review for the podcast, a rating and review, I would really appreciate if you would take a moment to do that in whatever platform that you enjoy listening to the podcast to. Um, That really is a great way of being able to let me know how you're enjoying the podcast as well as share your thoughts so that people who are considering listening to it will be convinced by your awesome ratings. (laughs) And then also, if you are listening to it and feel like sharing a screenshot or just tagging me when you share about the podcast on Instagram or Facebook, that would be awesome. I would so appreciate that. All right. I hope you have a wonderful week and we'll chat again soon. Bye for now.